and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 3.3. That intro was way better. Was it? Wait, I was going to ask you. <laughs> way better, way more seductive than the last one. You got it. Thank it you guys is. for tuning in again to another fabulous episode here with us bitches. Um, we are continuing our dating series. This is the second part in our four-part series leading up to our sex episode uh, for season three that we're super fucking excited for. And before we get into it, again, thank you to every person who submitted stuff to us. We have so much to talk about, and I'm super, super, super excited about it. I I don't think we've ever had this much listener submissions before, so please keep this up. We love this shit. Not only does it make our lives a little easier, it's also really cool to hear the questions that you guys yeah. have, the struggles that you're going through and, and those problems and that we're probably going through the same thing as you guys too. Because honestly, this podcast would not exist without you guys. So if there's something that we have not talked about yeah. that you think we should talk about, tell us. DM us. Let email us Email us. Email us at keepingittogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Like, this show on... is, is for you guys. Yeah. It's for you. <laughs> it's We have a Facebook page. Like, Please hit us up on Facebook. Please hit us up on Instagram. We love this. Um, I don't want to delay too much, and I wish we were going to do What's Your Struggle, but no, we we're going to jump right we into it. We don't have time. We're going to jump right into it. We had a lot of questions from last episode we wanted to answer, and we're just going to jump right into it with those questions and then keep it moving because I'm excited, and we're going to talk about something that is my favorite thing to talk about. So first up, we have, and it's such an open-ended question, and there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, and I'm going to do my best to direct it. What are some ways to help find a significant other? Yeah, this this is very open-ended. So <laughs> I think there are two ways to talk about this. Um, I'm going to talk about the non-negotiables dating method, which is my favorite thing to talk about because it's so true. And I am also going to talk about the 70-30 method of emotional and physical attractions. I think before jumping into that, you know, we are in a time where you can't just go out to a bar and meet somebody anymore. You, it's really hard on the apps. There's a lot of shit out there. If you're ready to date, especially in this time, put yourself out there. Get on the apps. Start figuring out different ways to meet people. Maybe have virtual happy hours with people. And if your states allow it, you know, go and have a socially distanced drink with somebody. Just, again, as we said last time, please make sure you're safe. Please make sure you're taking care of yourself. But I think one of the best ways to talk about this is talking about the non-negotiables dating method for navigating people to find as a significant other. A lot of people say this thing on Twitter and on social media, and I hate it. They're like, I just want a boy to buy me Taco Bell and tell me my butt looks nice. I'm looking at you, bitch. Listen, okay, that's not the only thing I want. I'm just right. saying that I'm not high maintenance, but I get what you mean. My By whole- putting that out there and not saying the other things that I want, that's kind of false advertising because... It sets yourself up for failure. Yeah. And I get it. My whole point with that, I'm not only trying to target you. There's a lot of other people yeah. out there who have very, very low standards. And you need to set up what are considered your non-negotiables, things that you will not negotiate for anybody to come in and out of your life. You can't have a running list of like 20,000 different non-negotiables. The general rule of thumb is to have anywhere from five to ten non-negotiable things about somebody you want in a partner. And your list can ebb and flow and change as time goes on. But it is important, I will say, to at least have five. And, for example, I will say mine. I wanted to date somebody who had career ambitions. I am such a career-focused woman. I never want to put 
my career on hold because of my relationship. That's who I am as a person. You don't have to have this. This is just like who I am. So I wanted somebody who had career ambitions because that means they are as ambitious as I am. I wanted somebody who loves to do things outside. I have traveled a ton in my life. I love going hiking. I love being outdoors. I'm from Florida. Like I love going to the beach. I love being on a boat. I need somebody to be a little outdoorsy. Um, on that note with travel, I love to travel and I'm so sad I don't get to do it right now. But when I can do it, I want a travel partner. I want someone who's going to go to weird fucking places with me and eat a bunch of weird food. Um, I need somebody who's open to try new things. And that can be sexually, that can be with food, that can be emotionally, that's whatever it is. The general overarching theme is openness, but there are different non-negotiables that I have Mm -hmm. in what that entails. And the last one is very important to me. I need somebody who is comfortable exploring their sexuality. And that is a really hard one to find. Um, That to me is so important because I'm very open with my sexuality and I want a partner who is at least open to the idea of it. We don't need to dive right into it right away. We don't need to like get down and dirty immediately. It's open to the idea of trying new things sexually, learning about our bodies together, learning about how we can connect in that intimate way. I don't have any other non-negotiables outside of that. I don't because when you have a running list of it, you set yourself up for failure and you sit around and you're like, why haven't I found somebody? Why mm-hmm. am I still alone? Why haven't I found somebody outside of that? So it's it's about setting what you think your priorities are and remembering they can change depending on how you change as a person, but also not building this massive, massive list up. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know that I am guilty of, oh, my God, buy me Taco Bell. And I've done it, too. I've done it, too. You know, important important things to me. I mean, number – the first thing I thought of as you started going through your list is uh, I can't date a cigarette smoker. Yeah. I will not do it. That is a non-negotiable for me. Um, Actually, I'll make that number six. I can't date people who I smoke can't, cigarettes. I can't I date can't somebody who smokes cigarettes. I'm sorry. It's is a little this, hypocritical because I used to be a cigarette smoker, and if my mom ever listened to this, she would kill me. The, the but smell, my college phase, I did. The the smell seeps into everything. I have family members who, you know, died of emphysema, and yeah. just, there's just so many negative effects with cigarettes that I just I don't I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, for me and a partner, it's important that they. They have some sort of relationship with fitness. They do not have to be who, like, I am. But because fitness is a big part of my life, you know, I want them to have at least some sort of relationship with it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm, I'm going to share that part of myself with them. Yeah. And I would like them to be somebody that I could go on runs with or work yeah. out with. You know, you don't have to do the crazy shit that I do because I know that the fact that I can just do 50 burpees like it's fucking nothing is absolutely bad shit insane. Um, it is. But, I hate burpees with every ounce of my body. But like if I if I want to go for like a, you know, like a 30 minute run and I, I maybe want my partner to go with me and be a good bonding experience. It's about a shared experience mm-hmm. with somebody. You want to share yes. similar experiences that you will both enjoy. And I want to share my fitness because fitness has been such a positive impact for me. Yep. And... You know, another thing for me is I want somebody who does have career goals like you. They want to they, – they have the ambition because, you know, me as a person, when I really want something, I will work for it. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, share that same drive with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, because then when you are with somebody, you then are working for a life together. Mm-hmm. Another big important thing for me is they need to have a good relationship with their parents – 
Interesting. Because I have such a strong relationship with mine. Yeah, interesting. I, I have dated people before where they didn't have good relationships with their parents. And then because of that, they didn't understand why I was so close with my parents and why I wanted to spend time with my parents. Mm. Like, I faced some weird judgment. And I know I shouldn't carry a past relationship with me, but it just became a general rule. Like, as long as they... And they don't have to be, like, buddy-buddy with their parents, but just have this respect and love yeah. for their parents because family is important to me. Yeah. So I want... I would, I would like so I family think, to be important to them. I think the way to really look at this is evaluate what is really important in your life and really limit it you know there we shouldn't have these running lists to just block people out of our lives mm-hmm. because that limits us to meet people for both romantic and platonic relationships but i think what's really important when you are in a romantic relationship with someone you don't have to be the exact same people but you also don't want to be polar opposites like i don't believe in the phrase opposites attract i don't believe in that at all mm-hmm. there's a lot of science behind people who are so opposite personalities and how they don't mesh well together you want to have shared moments and Mm -hmm. shared experiences together and that comes from common characteristics and common uh traits that you have with that other person Mm -hmm. and so figuring out what those traits are is important Mm -hmm. and i remember i actually did see a sex therapist at one point when i was in college because i was curious and she's the one who taught me this write them down write down what you look for in somebody really don't get into like physical details because I, and I'm about to get into the 70-30 method. Your emotional connection with someone is 10 times more important than the physical. The 70-30 method is a relationship should be 70% emotional and 30% physical. You can't have one without the other and you can't force one with you can't force one to meet the other. It's very easy for a lot of us to have physical relationships with somebody. That makes up the first 30%. Mm-hmm. Some people will say it's 60/40, but it's definitely not a 50/50. Depending on who you are. 30% of your relationship should be physical. You should have that attraction to somebody. And for some people, it can build with time even if you're mm-hmm. not immediately attracted to them. Honestly, I feel like having the emotional connection enhances the it does. Physical experience. That's, you have, that's the whole point. You have this, you have a little bit more, I guess, a set of trust in this person. Yeah. Um, where it just, it enhances the experience. Because we, we've talked about it before. Sex can be a very personal thing. And especially as you're exploring yourself and learning what you like and don't like. If you don't know by the time you get with this person, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you got to, be able to really feel like you can trust them and know that you can because everybody's a little freaky everybody's freaky everybody's freaky you can't (laughs) deny it you gotta you gotta be comfortable showing that freaky side of that person and know that you know you're not gonna be judged i just you're not gonna be criticized from my own personal experience the best sex that i've had with somebody was after we had built a emotional connection and i will say this i had sex with the person before there was even the yeah emotional connection it's this, not it's uh, not but, to say like hold yourself out for sex because i yeah. talked about it on a previous episode i'm a girl that used to sleep with guys on the first date and that's just who i was because that's what i mm-hmm. like but, exactly and i mean I've, I've done that before too i've right. just found that the experience i've enjoyed a lot more because especially for women women is women sex is a little bit sex is a little bit harder for women because we have the whole fun thing of oh you know a small percentage of people get off from intravaginal so Mm -hmm. you know but when you when you have that trust with the person 
they can help you yep. get off. They actually want to help get you off. They don't want to just fucking check. You know, they want to mm-hmm. actually, you know, do this for you. Yep. I've just, I've just found it's, it's better. And I'm not, I'm not trying to put down, you know, if you just want to go have a one night stand, like, no, you you. have a one night stand. If you are horny and you need to go and do it, like sometimes you got to do it for you. But if I think if you're really looking to find somebody to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with them, three things, examine what you want from an emotional level with somebody and write them down, but don't create this long fucking list of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Be open to the idea of that list changing. It will not be constant. Um, and and make sure that you are ready to, we talked about it on an episode previously, be selfless. A relationship is not about one person. And there are times you have to put your needs before somebody else. And you have to be willing to accept that and and go from there. So I think once you figure out what your non-negotiables are, I think that's in a really, really good place to start trying to find a relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes you do have to date a couple duds because sometimes you got to oh, date those yeah. duds to figure out what you it's do and don't like. so important to know what you don't like so you figure out what you do like. I always joke around, my list is so high of like people I've dated, people I've slept with, whatever, because it, as a joke. But in reality, I'm the type of person, I'm a trial and error. You're not going to know if you like or don't like something without trying it. It's the science of dating, baby. A lot of people hold themselves back because they're afraid of failing. They're afraid of getting hurt. As Sabrina said, you said this like an episode ago, life is going to be full of hurt and disappointment Mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it like you get through everything else because you're a fucking tough, badass person. Exactly. And you, you learn from... The pain you learn from, I don't want to call them failures because I, I, I don't want to use that word, but I'm right. gonna, for lack of a better term right now, um, you know, you learn from these experiences that didn't work out and then you can take this to your next one and then maybe you can catch sooner if this person is showing signs of the last person or maybe this person is completely different and you're like, wow, I didn't know people could be like this. Yep. I mean, it's like I said before, it's the science of dating. Create your list of your non-negotiables. Go out there and try it. And remember that stuff can change at any given point in time. But be open to the process. Trust the process and trust that when the time is right, that person will come to you. It's a good note to end that one. That's a good note. Uh, next one. What do you do when you're into someone way more than they are? Should you wait for them to leave or should you try and show them who you are or play hard to get? Wow, that's a lot. That That, that is a mouthful of a question. This- I think I think let's start with the first one. What do you do when you notice uh, you're into someone way more than you are them? See, this is this is tricky for me because. I'm like really guilty of really liking someone strong. Like I know I'm guilty of this. And sometimes it it'll actually happen because the person has shown interest in me. This person will be interested in me and I'm like, "Oh, you mm. like me?" And then I'm like, "Oh, you take it and run with maybe, it." Maybe maybe I'm kind of into you too. And then once I reciprocate that, they're like, "Gotcha." And then they're like, "Uh-uh. I don't I don't actually want you that bad. It was like a surface what it may not be a surface level thing though like that's the thing like there shouldn't be anything wrong with 
you feeling super into somebody but i think if you can see and tell they're not into you you need to go yeah because Because that's not gonna change you can't you can't just give and give and give because that's exhausting you deserve to have some in return so you know and sometimes people are just downright terrible at saying hey i'm not into you like i once was because that has happened to me before i have i've dated somebody i i dated somebody last summer who they gave me a lot of them at the start. Mm-hmm. And then, like a lot of red flags. Well, no, they gave me, like, they were constantly communicating. They wanted to see me and they, they made me feel like I was really wanted. Mm-hmm. And then when they were not feeling that way anymore, they just kind of disappeared. They didn't tell me what was going on. And so I was sitting there. I was like, what's happening? It was like a real life block. I want them. Like I finally am giving, like I I finally want to reciprocate what they've been giving me. And now Mm -hmm. they're not giving me anything. So. Right. And that's the biggest flag where you need to see you got to leave because it's a two way street. All of these relationships, no matter what it is. And if they are only going to give to you when it's convenient. You got to go. You got to go quickly because there is somebody who's waiting for you Exactly. A relationship or even like even in just dating, whenever you go into something with somebody, it's a partnership, you know? So it needs to be equal on both parts. So I hate to use this as an excuse, but if you're the one texting first all the time and they're taking you know, over an hour to get back to you and they're not, they're not trying to initiate any conversation with you first. That's a huge red flag. If, if you are a texter, like I am a type of person who I don't give a fuck about texting. Well, no, what I mean is that like, you're always the one to initiate contact. You're always the one to make the plans. You're always the one. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Make the moves for this. And they're not they're not initiating. Yeah, they they have to initiate it. Exactly. And it no matter what it is, whether that is sex, like you said, making plans, whatever that is defined to you as. It it should it may not always be exactly 50-50, but it should be pretty close. It should be pretty damn close. Like it it can be tough sometimes. And I think as another portion of this question, how do you pick up on the signs that they're not into you as much as you are? I mean, those those were good ones. Those are right really there. good ones. And I think as soon as you notice somebody pulling away, somebody who is not initiating conversation or plans or whatever. I remember the person that I was with before Scott, this was going on where they were pulling away. We'd only see each other like once mm-hmm. every two weeks. I was definitely way more into them than they were me. And when I like poured my heart out and I got let down, I thought it was like the worst thing in the fucking world. And in reality, it wasn't. But I was so upset at the time because I was like, I don't get it. How is this person not into me? I'm giving and giving and giving. And they were taking, but they weren't giving anything back. And you have to remember that like when you need somebody and if that person isn't there for you, even if it is something small, you should probably reevaluate your situation with them. Also, another thing I should note is that we also deal with those people who... They're, like, into us at first because they really want us. Or, like, they're not into us when we're into them, if that it's makes sense. It's the honeymoon phase. Like, it's it's never – you're never into each other at the right time is what I should say. Mm, like, like when, okay. like, when you're finally into them, they're like, eh, nah. But then when you're, like – The chase. But then you're, like, forget it, and they're into you. Oh, yeah. That person I is just – I remember when I started dating Scott, that person I was dating before started texting me. Hitting yeah. me up randomly. No, and it because was fucking weird. I was like, please don't talk to me. I'm still angry at you. When they 
when they do that, and I've I've had a couple instances, especially in the last year where people have done that. When when they do that, they just like the chase. They like the idea of getting you, but they don't actually want to get yeah, you. Yeah, they just want to play the fucking game. And that's when you recognize that and you're like, why is this person not wanting to be with me? Clearly, they're not into you. Have you ever seen that movie? He's just not that into you. I love that movie. I actually have not. It's a great movie. And people give it a lot of shit. But a lot of the shit they talk about there is true. If a person wants to go and be with a person and see them, they will go and do whatever it takes to go and be that. And I wholeheartedly believe that. If you really want to go see one of your friends, you're going to go and make plans. If you really want to go on a date with somebody, you're going to go and Mm -hmm. make plans to go on a date with somebody and vice versa. If they want to see you, they're going to come and do what it's got to take to see you. If you are the only one going out and doing that and giving that and that person is taking and not giving to you – they ain't into you and honey you just gotta go and go find somebody else honestly gonna give you the love and sex that you deserve it ain't worth it anymore we're in a freaking pandemic like mm-hmm. yep. you don't have time for people like this ain't nobody got time for this shit uh moving on to the next question what are some good first date topic conversations and what are some do's and don'ts from your perspective well you know I, I hate the typical questions of, like, what do you do and stuff like that because they're, they're so basic. Those and, remind me of, like, sorority recruitment when we yeah. were in Greek life, and you would be like, so what's your major? What are you going to do when you graduate? Don't ask me that bullshit. I'm not going to give you the same speech every time. I like to hear about the kind of music that people listen to. I guess maybe just from, like, a standpoint of music is important to me, but I like to go to concerts, and yeah. I like to do that kind of stuff, and so... It would be nice. That person doesn't have to listen to the same music as me, but it does get me excited if I find out, oh, like you listen to this DJ, we can do a show like this together sometime if you yeah, would yeah, like yeah. to. Yeah, I think it's important. I've literally asked a question like, what excites you about life? And they were like, excuse me. And I asked them like, what is the thing that you get excited about when you wake up? And they were like, I love going for a sunrise run. And I was like, see, that excites you. That's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. I love to go running, right? It it can be come off as weird if it's not in the right situation because it definitely happened the first time I asked it. And I think the way you can phrase it is like, what gets you excited about life? Like, what are things that make you excited to go out and do? You know what? I will ask people, you know, I'll ask about their job, but a really good question is, you know, what, what made you want to do that? And just kind of hearing, mm-hmm. how did you get to where you are today? Cause sometimes they're like really passionate. And along with that, I like to hear people's New York stories. If they're not originally from here, like yeah. how they got brought here. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah. even if you're not dating in New York, if you're dating somewhere else and you find out this person is not from, you know, where you're, where you're living at at the time, mm-hmm. you can ask them like, Oh, like what brought you to this city? You yeah. know? And you might hear a really cool story and then you might find maybe you have similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. First dates are weird in general. Like they are definitely like a question and an answer. I would say don't go don't go into conspiracy theories unless this person like actually likes conspiracy theories because I did that once. You did it wasn't it wasn't like well, it wasn't really a conspiracy theory. It was just like this random thought theory that I had that was fun to play around with because I knew it wasn't it wasn't exactly serious. serious. But because this person did not know me well enough yet because it was a first date i knew they thought i was weird for thinking that and i mean it's okay this person i mean 
they were they were okay anyways. I'm right. sure there were probably some other reasons why there wasn't a second date. I but think I think the general rule of thumb here to also don't make this a question and answer thing, even though first dates can very much be like, let me ask a question and then roll with the answer of whatever happens. Because well, first dates are meant to see how well you connect and click with this person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not exactly an interview. You're not so tell me why you think you want this job of being my boyfriend no yeah please don't interview them it's like don't do that it's just like you're meeting a friend for the first time or something like that you know ask them shit about their day like what'd you do today what'd you do yesterday like make it make it very casual and easy yes because what i've noticed is the dates that i've gone on where i didn't really put much thought into it i was like you know what this person seems nice. Let me let me just go on the date. And mm-hmm. I didn't really care as much. Not saying that you shouldn't care, but because I wasn't really so focused on, you know, ooh, what if there's a second date? I was more so just focused on let's just see what happens with this mm-hmm. date. And then it ended up turning out to be a really good date. Mm-hmm. So take take the pressure off of it, you know, and just kind of kind of go with the flow go with the flow man like sometimes you can go in and be like oh these are all the things i want to talk about and then you're in it and you're like i didn't talk about any of those but i talked about all this other stuff that was really fucking cool too so just keep in mind like don't have a notepad of these questions like this is just like from our experience i think the best thing to do is don't treat it like a job interview don't ask like the typical questions you know what i just thought of what college did you go to what and I don't mean to interrupt you, but it kind of ties into, I think we talked about it in this episode, but you could derive some things that you want to know from your non-negotiables, if that makes sense. If the conversation yeah. leads to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, what do you want to do with your life? See, you know, are, is, is there a place in the world you want to visit that you never visited before? Like, there are a lot of things that you could take from that list and mm-hmm. talk about with somebody because that's how you should treat the first couple interactions mm-hmm. with somebody is learning, okay, am I going to mesh well with this person? Does this person have things on my, like meet the things that are my non-negotiables? Um, and that's really important to figure out. Look at you go, man, tying it back in. I was like, wait a second. This wait, would wait, be wait, really wait. good. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip down the line. You're going to hate me for doing it, but I really want to talk about this question. No, it's okay. I'm ready. Would you date somebody that doesn't drink, even though you drink or has a different lifestyle habit as you, but you have that lifestyle habit? I have a very unpopular opinion about this question, but I will let you go first. I have a feeling that you're going to say that you would not date somebody who has the different lifestyle. A hundred percent. I would not date somebody if they didn't have the same lifestyle habits as me. That And I mean that in the best way possible. I think it's really important to have similar lifestyle habits. For you were this, saying with one of your yeah, non-negotiables, this, this having, back to having somebody who you are dating, you are a fitness professional, you want somebody in that yeah. space. They don't and have to be everything into it like you are. Exactly. And they could even do a different form of it. Like yeah. They, they could be into martial arts and I'm a weightlifter. Two very different things. Or they could just like to take a run or take or they, a walk. Or they want to, or, you know, they, they just do something completely different in fitness that I don't do but it's still like it's something they still have this understanding of okay fitness is Mm -hmm. you know important i like doing this like i guess yeah yeah so don't get me wrong 
There are other people, to answer the first question, would you date somebody you wouldn't drink? There are people who are legit the life of the party without needing to have a drink. Yeah. And if you can find that person, amazing. Great. Do it, and that's cool. As long as you make sure that no one's judging each other for each other's lifestyle choices. I dated somebody once who did not, was not really involved in, like, fitness at all. Didn't really work out, but I did and like i would go on runs all the time and you know they they would stay over and I'd, I'd i'd wake up in the morning they would stay over and i would get up in the morning and i would go for a run and they'd be like oh, do you really have to get up and run right now yeah and it's like well one i was training for a race so yeah i did but it's like i don't i don't want to be questioned for wanting to go out and work out so yeah a lifestyle could mean a lot of different things. I, yeah i and think i think the best way to answer this question is like throwing it back on your lifestyle habits you want a partner that does share a lot of your habits you don't have mm-hmm. to share every habit but yeah. you have to decide what those habits are yeah I for was... me personally i love new york's bar scene i love the mixology mm-hmm. scene i love the fact that i have a partner where we can go and go and have one drink and it that be our whole night and have some dinner and i love that and i love mm-hmm. experiencing that we've done a mixology class together um, and done that type of stuff. So for me personally, I would not date somebody who doesn't drink because mm. alcohol or cocktails, whatever it may be, um, and also because I'm Italian, is very much involved in my life. And I would not want to date somebody that feels uncomfortable in that situation or make them feel uncomfortable. This is this is tricky for me because I don't I don't go out and I drink a lot, but I do like to go out to bars. I think and it depends I do on like the person. To go dance. It really, it really is going to depend on the person. I know a lot of people who go to the bars and they don't drink. I and also that's cool. That's awesome. I, I also love understand that. why people don't want to drink. My mother just made the decision that she's she has decided to not drink ever again, and that's amazing. And but she is still seeing her friends. She'll mm-hmm. still go and hang out. She's just. Yeah, I am. I just I I enjoy myself better when I'm sober. I just have better control over myself. And, and there's like, a lot of people who can do that. And I'm the same way. I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. going out and getting trash all the time or whatever. Um, but it's important to surround yourself mm-hmm. with people who respect your lifestyle habits. And I think this question of like, would you date someone that doesn't drink, even though you drink? Um, I think it sounds like it may have came from a bad experience and I get, I get that because I've dated two people who were sober, one who was great and we're still friends to this day. The other one, it was a negative experience for me because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I would try and hold back a little bit. And I remember one time we went to dinner and I ordered a glass of wine. He's like, oh, so you're going to have a drink. And I was like, whoa, like that's going to be my new sound. Yeah, this is. it, it's it's tough because it I, really depends on the person. It depends on the person. And it depends on, you know. Maybe that's a good first aid topic conversation. Like, what are some of your lifestyle habits? I think it is important to ask mm-hmm. somebody, do you drink? Do you smoke? Like, do you work out? Like, what are what does your lifestyle look like? That is really important to know at, at the first plate there. Because if you don't figure that out until a couple dates in, then you're like, wow, I kind of was wasting my time with somebody who we don't mesh well at all together and we don't share the same lifestyle habits. And I think it is really important when you have a partner to share some of those habits together so you can do them together. Yes. Like I said, I have a very unpopular opinion about this and I know that, but that's my hot take is I think if you 
you drink, you smoke, you work out, you're sober, whatever, I think your partner should share that same characteristic as you. And it doesn't have to be to the same degree, but there should still be right. some some kind of sharing yeah. there. There should be... It doesn't have to be exact. It shouldn't be totally opposite because... Nope, nope, nope. nope. You're, you're, you're going to clash. It, it's going to happen. Exactly. So let's move on to the next one. There's this question here. What's the best place to meet somebody dating apps, out of bars, etc.? And I, I think this question's really hard to ask right now. Yeah. Because So let's you know what? Let's just for a second look at this like there isn't what's going on in the world right now. Because mm. dating apps can be good. Actually, you know what I have a I, I have an answer. Okay. From Go experience. I think the best place to meet somebody is through a mutual friend. I, I'm i not saying get set up by somebody. I'm not saying get set up by somebody. But like a mutual friend situation. I think that that's good because, you know, if if the mutual friend is linking you guys together, they know each of you apart and they think that your personalities may mix well. Yeah. Together. You know, you know so it's it's worth it to give it a shot. I know a lot of people who met somebody because they were at the same party as someone from a friend they shared. They mm-hmm. weren't set up on a blind date or whatever like that. Um, it was because of mutual connections people shared. Honestly, I, I think that's the best way to meet somebody. I would love that. I Okay, so dating apps, they can be cool. They can work for some people. But at the same time... You know, we have this, okay, so you have your non-negotiables, but then on the app, you can see, you know, how tall the person is, um, I know. where they're from. I hate you the know, apps. They, I hate them. They give you a lot of specific information, and you're based off of just a picture of somebody, you and sometimes the picture is not even the same as what they look like yeah, in person. Yeah, and then you, you know. miss out on somebody fucking great. Yeah, so dating apps can be good, but they can be bad. Me, personally... I do miss the whole, oh, I meet somebody when I'm out. Either I meet them at the bar or maybe I run into them on the street or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Kind of just like that yeah. chance. You yeah. Know? The, the I think the way by chance is great, but I don't think it happens a lot. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Even though it is a cool way to meet somebody random, you just go have a drink by yourself or have, you know, dinner somewhere and you meet someone at the at the bar sitting there too or at a counter wherever it may be. But I stand firm in the belief meeting someone because of a mutual friend or a mutual situation is the best way. I would I would agree with you like that. I think meeting somebody organically organically would fall under that organically yeah yeah you know i i just i think it's better than the dating app i understand why people do it and oh yeah why, especially we both did why, the apps. yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm obviously still i on was the on the apps, apps I when i, I was single so because i mean it's it's easy it's convenient but yeah and i think especially in this time now too the apps it, they can be great and is it which one shows who you have mutual friends with is that hinge it's hinge so hinge hinge will match hinge was with, a good one when i was on the apps people, i like that one who are like friends of your friends or whatever. I think it like connects yeah, to your yeah, yeah. Facebook. Now Hinge asks three like prompt questions and then you can put in your height, you can put in your where you, your hometown if you want to, mm-hmm. your job. So you can put in a lot of information on the app. So sometimes it's really great because I can see, okay, this person lives really far. So it could be very hard to see them and this person 
you know, is into this and I'm not really into that. And, mm-hmm. oh, I don't, that, that's, that's, a, that's not a good, an- like I've, I've seen some like answers on the hinge app where I'm like, why would you answer it like that? Who would yep. want, who, who wants that? So, you know, it, it can be good in that sense where you can see all that stuff, but then it could be bad in the sense that, you know, you're just kind of swiping through people and people become a little bit more expendable. You got to have that real in-person connection with somebody. You can have a great connection virtually, but if you do not have a great in-person connection, it's going to go south real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, We have time for one more question. We got five minutes left before we have to be out of the studio and I want to make sure we can get to some cool ones. I want to save some of the longer ones for next episode. Okay. I have a really good one in mind if you're down. I'm excited for this one. Okay, go for it. And it, it has some similar ties. Why is being benched such a popular thing to do to people now? Oh. Having a lineup. Having people on your lineup to go and sleep with, go on a date with, go whatever with. I think it's out of convenience. Oh, yeah. It's definitely out of convenience. It's 100% out of convenience. And, you know, people, like I've, like I've heard of people do the rotations, which I have a lot of respect if you can do I had a rotation. I did. But, you know, a lot of that is... Because you don't want to put your eggs in one basket with a person. And I get it. It's, it's a scary thing to do in general. So I get it. So you have all these different people. And that sounds like you probably just have like three or four other people who. Bitch, I had seven in my hotel okay. at one point. So okay. seven, You seven, can have however many. Seven people who fit a part that you want from a person. So like seven different parts. Right. You were getting from seven different people. When in reality, I'm sure that you probably would have preferred all seven of those parts in, in one, one person. In one person. But at the same exact time, it's scary. Cause you know, in this day and age, we are a generation that is very scared of commitment. It's true. We are a generation and of that. we also live in a society where our choices are endless. The dating apps, mm-hmm. I think, have really contributed to this by there being an unlimited supply of people you can swipe through. And I think the reason people are doing the benching now is because they just want to have this lineup of options to choose from. Oh, yeah. They're there's, fucking lazy. There's a convenience. You can you can be with this person that day. Oh, you can't, you can't see me Monday? Well... They can, so I'm going to see them. Yeah, so I'm going to go down my lineup. And, I mean, I've done it before. I've had... Uh, partners in my life where I've done this and it was because it was out of convenience because yeah. I didn't want to build my life around somebody else because I wasn't ready to. Yeah, and I mean, that that's great and I think more power to you if you are able to do that but you also should take the other person to consideration because I know what it feels like to Oh yeah, I've be been on benched. the other side. So it can be a shitty feeling if that person isn't doing like the same thing or if that person isn't on the same understanding uh, that you are on yeah and and it could be a situation too of like you're into them a little bit more than maybe they are into you how we just recently talked about Mm -hmm. and if you feel like you're being benched uh you can bench them and be like nah bitch bye i'm leaving and leave that situation and never talk to them again and that's fine too Mm -hmm. uh but I, i think back to the original point of this it's become such a popular thing because of endless choices. People mm-hmm. have this unlimited supply of people they can meet because of the apps. And having that supply just makes their makes them lazy. And it can just create a really shitty situation and a shitty personality trait in somebody. In this in this whole day and age of con- I'm going to call it convenience dating because it really is convenience dating. Mm-hmm. We are kind of dehumanizing it a little bit, you know, making people expendable and we're not taking into consideration oh, yeah. the person's 
feelings, you know, because, you know, we think, oh, you know what? I don't don't really want to see them anymore. Let me just let me just ghost. And on the other end, the person Mm -hmm. doesn't hear from you. And a lot of times that person will think, what What? did I what what did I do wrong? They immediately What's wrong think with it's something me? that they did them. And in reality, what, what was the point that they just didn't want to be with me anymore? What what was that tipping point? You know? Yeah, and it, and it makes them wonder. And I get it. It's not a comfortable conversation to tell somebody, "Hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling this anymore." But honestly, it is way more uncomfortable to sit there and think, "What's wrong with me? What did I do wrong?" You know, retracing back what could have happened. Yep. You know that that just feels so much worse. Than just mm-hmm. that conversation of, you know what, like, I'm not really into this anymore. And that's okay to recognize. And if you are feeling like you're being benched, tell them. Be like, listen, thanks for reaching out, but, like, I feel like I'm just a part of your lineup and I don't want to be a part of anybody's lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pass and um, have a great life. That's I've literally said that to somebody before. Because <laughs> I don't care. If they don't care about me, I'm not going to care about them. It's a two-way street. I can't give and in not take anything as well you have to give and take it shouldn't be all give and it shouldn't be all take exactly um well guys we are at time here i was gonna say and on that note on that note but oh i was weird i didn't like that i wasn't ready (laughs) (laughs) i don't like that i'm gonna edit that out no keep Uh, it i like it did not like that (laughs) on that note on that note Thank you guys again for tuning in to episode 3.3. We still have two more episodes left in our dating series here. So come tune in next week. We're going to keep answering your questions. And don't forget to tune into the sex episode because that's the really good one. Listen, and we will obviously take more uh, suggestions for the sex episode. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Please check out our Instagram. We will have a bunch of stories for you guys to ask us questions. We'll have various polls to talk about, some would-you-rather situations, this or that. So stay tuned. More to come for us on social. But once again, guys, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. And thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week for episode 3.4.